I'm Jim Martin, and welcome to Adventure Rider Radio Raw Part 2 for May 2018. This is the second part for the month because we missed last month, and I'm not going to get into it, but we're going to talk about that actually coming up the end of this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but also um, there's a bunch of things we're going to talk about in this in this Part 2. There's a, a traveler's tip in there um, when it comes to getting insurance. A lot more coming up. Stick around. Listen to it. If you haven't heard Part 1 already, go back and listen to that first because otherwise you may not understand anything that goes on here. Stay with us. So. Graham, you, uh, I, I know you, you like to ride the older KLRs, but do you look at the, the smaller new adventure bikes? Do you pay attention to much of that that comes out now? Uh, I've just sort of conditioned myself <laughs> not to look at new production bikes when I'm, when I'm at shows because they're not in my range. And and generally, I don't really like them that much. And it takes about 10 years for them to grow on me, by which time I can afford them. But I, I, I like the um, the uh, Enfield Himalaya look kind of interesting. But I just don't allow myself to, to look in that direction because it's, it's not in my budget. I'm not, I'm not really interested. When I want to go any distance i simply use the klr and i've got several of them so no i don't really um i'm i'm, a, I'm really not interested in in changing i'm, I'm happy with what i've got and the reason i ask that is because i sort of think that your your idea i mean you're saying in your in your price range or you know it's not affordable for you but it's it's sort of simplicity and it's also to do with the fact that you sort of and i think probably everybody does look at the bikes as a bit of I guess it's sort of a, a cross in there, but a bit of um, a tool, a bit of a tool, I guess, for travel mm-hmm. more than, you know, a badge, I guess you could say. I mean, and, and maybe there's, there's the, you know, um, different shades of it for all of us, you know, in there. But that's sort of, I mean, I think that's what you're looking at, Graham. Am I right? It is a tool, um, which is always the dilemma when you publish a book. It's like, is are we going to stick to the motorcycling side of things when it's, of interest to people who don't ride motorcycles because it's about the travel and the experiences and that. But if you don't put a motorcycle on a, on a, on the cover of the book, then it's not going to be picked up by all the motorcycle people. But if you do put a motorcycle on the cover of the book, then all the people who don't like motorcycles aren't going to pick it up. So yeah, it's as far as long distance travel goes, it, it's just a tool, whether you're using a four wheel drive or public transport, trains and buses or bicycle, it's a tool for you to go and have those experiences. And going back to the actual choice of bike, for me, you know, I know inside out that is a huge advantage to know the bike and know how it works and be able to get at the parts as well. Whereas, you know, like I had a KTM Adventure, 950 Adventure for a little while. You couldn't get to anything. Changing the oil was a whole day's project and removing stuff to be able to see what was going on inside. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to undo a few screws, take off some side panels, and I can get to everything. It's because I, because I don't want to be working on it and trying to figure out what's going on. I want to I see what's going on. And plus, and all those things break and scratch and dent when you do drop it. And it's true what Grant says, that, yeah, they do. It is an adventure bike, and that will happen. But those first scratches and dents really break your heart. And, oh, yes, uh, they do. <laughs> it's nice and, to get them uh, over with. It, yes. it is in a way, yeah. You know, I, I replaced my panniers not so long ago. Uh, well, actually it was, I suppose, about four years ago now, but they still seem new to me. <laughs> and, and at uh, your age, of and, course, uh, it's not that long ago anyway. 
<laughs> but yeah, you don't you don't want to get that first scratch on your pannier. Uh, um, I saw a thing on one of the uh, one of the uh, Facebook sites. I don't know which one it was, and this guy had immaculate polished Touratech aluminium panniers, and he had close up photos. He had some watermarks on them. And it, I thought it was a joke. It's like, does anybody know how I can remove these watermarks? And people are serious. Oh, try Brasso, try Autosol. It's like, try bloody going somewhere and getting a sticker and putting it on your bloody mark. I said, this isn't a joke, is it? You're serious. So I made fun of it. And then I got a whole backlash of, <laughs> this is a serious question. How dare you make fun of my <laughs> damage on my panniers? I think I'll leave this site. I'll get my coat. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say, I think it's, you know, everybody has a different idea of what it's like. I mean, somebody who buys a, a you know, a very expensive adventure bike and, and only uses it to go, you know, go shopping or ride around the neighborhood on the weekend, that's fine too. I mean, if that's what you're into, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think it's important that it, we accept that everybody has their own definition of what's an adventure and what an adventure bike is to be used for. And for that matter, it doesn't matter whether it's an adventure bike or a crotch rocket or a Goldwing or Harley or whatever. If you're having fun and you're out there riding, you're riding. And that's what really matters. Mm, and absolutely. nobody's right and nobody's wrong. And that's one of the things that drives me crazy is... You know, people yeah. won't wave at you because you're riding the wrong kind of bike. Give me a break. I think Grant's hitting the, the nail well and truly on the head. And you know, that's one of the beauties of motorcycling, isn't it? It doesn't matter who we are. There's a space for us as individuals. Mm-hmm. And we can be individuals and we can individualize our motorcycles to suit ourselves. And yeah. I just think that that's absolutely fantastic. I was discussing the difference between car showrooms and motorcycle showrooms and how some manufacturers made the big mistake of um, trying to make their motorcycle showrooms like car showrooms. And they just don't get it that you can't sell motorcycles like cars. Um, Cars, it's all about the spirit and the camaraderie and um, the ability to change and adapt. And One of the things I love about motorcycles is that you can make it yours. Whereas a car, yeah, you can, but there's a thousand other them just exactly the same as whatever you've done. They're all the same. It's just not the same thing at all. Motorcycles are unique. Every single one is unique. I can, and, just, and I can just hear somebody laughing who, who's not into motorcycles because I've heard people say they all look the same and they're looking at the Harleys and the adventure bikes lined up together and they go, they all look the same to me. And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> they all look the same. But if you're not into it, you know. Yeah. If you're not into it, you don't understand the differences. Yeah, like, yeah, Susan could care less. She says, is it comfortable? How's the seat? Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's all she cares about. <laughs> totally one practical. You, one thing you do notice on the road is when you pull into a service station on a bike, people are more inclined to say, how are you? Who are you? Where have you been? Where are you going? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Whereas in, in a car, um, unless you're obviously, you know, if you've got water cans on the roof and foreign number plates and things, then they might show a bit of interest. But on the whole, if you're traveling around in your car, most people couldn't care less. But on the bike, they show a bit of interest. Yeah, for sure. Bikes are the best icebreakers out, aren't they? <laughs> and dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's another story. That's another topic. But yeah. so, so that that wraps up um, our, our topics for today. And I'm just going to mention before we get into picks that anyone listening, if you have questions or comments for us on Raw, we've got a, a spot on the website where you can just go on there and fill out the form. So it's www.adventureriderradio.com. 
and uh, click on the raw button there, the raw link, and you'll see the form on there. And just fill it out and send it in. We'd love to hear from you and uh, and get um, your comments or questions on here. So, huh, move- Jim, did we not miss a subject? When do you ride? What do you listen to? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, What about the surprise countries? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're doing a half-ass job, Jim. Do you want to go or something? Do you want to go to bed or something? (laughs) 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 Okay, so... Let me use well back it up. Okay, so we've got a we've got a uh, a question from John Clare. He says, "When you ride, what do you listen to? Music or books? I have to throw in or adventure rider radio, but that's my own bias. Or do you prefer to listen to the road and my bike?" And he says his son likes to listen to loud, noisy music. Some of that I might like. And, and he likes books. Um, and he does say that the only ones that he currently has are all of Sam's. And he's heard them all at least five times. I would say at this point, it's time to go look at Graham's audiobooks. Graham, this is your absolutely your segue here. <laughs> and he, he says, keep up the great show. Always enjoy listening. And he says, Sam, you were correct. He says, I love riding and glad my son did not go for the sidecar idea. So I don't know what that means. It's some sort of inside thing we can get to. But Graham... The pitch, the audiobook pitch. <laughs> well, yeah, I could say the audio. I could use this opportunity to plug my audio book. Uh, but with all the amazing reviews it's getting, then there's absolutely no need for me to do this because everybody knows it's great and they've clearly got it already. There Going you back go. to the listener on a motorbike. There you go. As slick as a snake oil salesman, Graham Fields. you got to hold on to your wallet when you're near this guy. Beautifully done. <laughs> um I, I really, really um, listen to anything because um, I want to hear the engine. I want to hear what's going on around me. I hate that feeling when you're riding and a car comes zooming past and you physically jump and tense because you had no idea it was coming. And so I want that awareness um, all the time. That's not to say I never listen to anything. There are those long, straight flat roads where there is going to be no surprises and occasionally I'll put on uh, uh, some music or if I've got an awful song in my head and I just need to eliminate it and so I put on some headphones so I can get a different song in my head. So I do occasionally listen. I certainly don't listen to talking books. I listen, I almost always have my headphones in. I'm so into audio books now, whether it's uh, actors or musicians, generally autobiographies, but um, or, 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 or just stories in general. And I'm listening to talking books every single day. I'm so into them now. It's a, but I, I was always a reader, but now to have somebody read for me, tell their story in their voice whilst I'm getting on with my day is a wonderful thing. But as soon as I'm doing something that re- uh, requires any element of con- concentration, I'm not listening to it, so I turn it off or I have to rewind. Uh, so there is a level of concentration when you're riding, and I don't think I could listen to an audio book when I ride. Music is one thing, but it would have to be a pretty pretty bland story to be able to drift in and out of consciousness and, uh, and concentration and not lose the thread of it. So I certainly wouldn't work with my book because it's full on. Well, who else? Anyone else listening well, to we listen- we listen to music. We've tried audio books, and um, 
I can concentrate on them, but clearly I don't have a lot to do sitting on the back if we're going along. I can oh. listen to the book and let Brian take all the responsibility. But I can understand that um, they wouldn't be the easiest thing to to listen to and concentrate on. Just on that point, I, I uh, at one stage here rigged up my phone to come through the no, helmet no, and no. Uh, I had it for about four or five days and got rid of it. It's just too distracting but I do listen to background music sometimes and it can be all sorts of music. Um, sometimes it, it's classical music when you're going around some nice, twisty, you know, long sweeping bends and things like that. It's just wonderful. But um, there are times when you have to concentrate a little more and you want the, the sense of sound or sometimes you feel something different with the bike. I turn it all off. But um, when we're doing all those long, boring stretches, I'm like, Graham, you, you need I, – I, I will listen to stuff like that. But it's, it's just music now. It's not, it's not um, talking books. And I won't start the rivalry between uh, Sam and Graham. I, um, I won't buy either of them. <laughs> you don't have to. You can get them for free. <laughs> you lost oh, your chance there, Brian. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head over here. You can't see me shaking, but I'm, my head is shaking. He is an abomination sometimes, my husband. Well, I first started listening to music on a trip. I was riding from Vancouver to Tennessee for a BMW National Rally on Loretta Lynn's Ranch, and I had three days to get there. So I put a, brace yourself, a car cassette deck in the tank bag, a stack of cassettes, plugged it into my, plugged the uh, headphones into my helmet and did it in three days. That was a thousand mile days pretty much. And in order to, this is in the days of not very good, not very quiet helmets. In order to be able to hear it, I had the volume nearly to the max as I'm speeding along at <clears throat> a, a, a comfortable pace, shall we say. And, uh, the distraction, the noise just drove me crazy. I never listened to music again until just the last couple of years when occasionally on a highway trip with decent intercom, proper earplugs so that I'm not getting too much noise and I don't have to have ridiculous volumes deafen myself. Um, I do occasionally listen to music on a long open road, but on a twisty road or in town, forget it. Dead silence. Thank you very much. If I'm going to be riding, I'm going to concentrate. I'm going to pay attention to what I'm doing. I intend to get to where I'm going and distractions I don't need. So audiobooks, no thank you very much. Um, music, yeah, okay. In the right condition at the right time and at a sensible volume, yeah, I'm good with that. I think it, it's personal and how distractible you are. If I was listening to an audiobook, I'd be completely focused on the audiobook and I'd drive straight off the road. There's just no way I can do both. I don't multitask that well. Sam, how about you for listening to things while you ride? Well, I mean, first of all, I need to say hello to John, don't I, and, and Brad. Um, it really is nice to hear from them. And, of course, thank you for nabbing my audio books. And in case you didn't get it, get hold of Graham Fields in Search of Greener Grass because he might not have mentioned that earlier. It's a very well, good I always forget to, to mention that, Sam. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's all right, mate. We, we've got to support each other here, haven't we? <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I'm glad. I'm really glad that you're enjoying them, and I'm, I am very pleased that um, Brad didn't go for the sidecar. And when um, John and Brad and I linked up, um, Brad, um, sorry, John, um, was big decision time. 
Um, he was learning to ride older, um, 63 years old when he first learned, uh, learned to ride. And uh, he ended up choosing a V-Strom 650. And, um, yeah, I think that was a great choice for their, their trip. They were, they were planning a trip up to Alaska at the time. But um, just, just on other audio books, Jeremy Craker, the um, uh, Canadian author, um, an overlander has an audio book out and um, that's got really good reviews and I'm hearing very good things about Ted Simon's Jupiter's Travels Ted doesn't read it himself um, but um, it still works very well and there's a link on advpulse.com which has um, um, all sorts of um, motorcycle audio books listed there's the Race of Dakar and Ghost Rider and Ewan and Charlie's books and so on so um, there are quite a lot coming out now because they just seem to be working. I mean, I don't listen to them in the UK when I'm riding or driving because the other guys have said, you know, the traffic there, for example, is nuts. There are very few long open roads and I would find it too distracting and I'd be missing parts all of the time. I think, yeah, for me too, an audio book in those sorts of traffic conditions would just become an annoying distraction. I think most people in the UK listen to them when they're commuting by car or on a train or on the sofa or off doing a chore like the washing up. And funny, mentioning that, one of the best bits of feedback I've ever had was an email from a lady who told me that washing up had never been so interesting. And I just loved that. I'd never expected that. Um, some, of the, some people listen to them in their workshops and, and that sort of stuff. But, I mean, here in North America, on the open road, because you've got hours and hours of um, hardly any traffic through um, just magnificent scenery... Yeah, um, I could see myself doing it here. And the closest I came to it was um, I, I linked up my Sony Walkman to, to run off the bike. And um, I was going, I just had this image in my mind of riding across the Sahara listening to Beethoven. Um, <laughs> it actually didn't work very well, so that's another story. But um, yeah, I like the idea of listening to music and audio books, but under the right, in the right circumstances. Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. I, I tend to listen. I, I do a fair bit, actually. I'm, anytime I'm wearing earplugs, I use the, the headphones for earplugs. Um, that's what I, I sort of protect my ears with, but also have some music on, or sometimes books, not as much uh, with the audiobooks or podcasts. Music a lot. I really enjoy that. I sort of up the ride for me. And I was going to say, Graham, the only reason you have to worry about a car going past you without you knowing it is because you're moving too slow. <laughs> there is a, a sort of an Eastern European, particularly Bulgarian philosophy where you have to be in front. <laughs> you uh. just have to be in front. <laughs> so if you leave a little space between you and the car in front of you, it's for the car behind you to get into. Yeah. And uh, if you don't leave any space, then you're going to hit the car in front of you because the car behind you will overtake both of you and then cut in. So it's um, it's quite a, a, a stressful way of, of driving, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm used to it now. And it was kind of funny crossing over into Romania last week because the driving standards and the roads had improved a lot. It would, it's, it's like you say, you know, they all sound the same. Someone who's never been to Eastern Europe, it's all the same to them. But um, when you actually live here and you get to tell the slight differences from country to country, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was only three hours to the border, and the roads are better, and the driving standards are nicer, and um, so. Uh, yeah, but over here, the driving is, is, is not relaxing at all. You have got to be super aware. 
Yeah. And and we probably should point out, I'll be dad here, um, that, uh, you know, we're not endorsing writing, listening to music or anything like that. It's something that you, you have to decide for yourself because there's a lot of places where it's actually illegal to listen to music or something in your earplug. Actually, it's illegal to plug your ears in some places in any way while you ride your motorcycle or drive a vehicle. So you want to be careful about that. Check your laws, et cetera, and, and figure out what you want to do. But it is a lot more fun to listen to music when you're riding drunk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And that was tongue in cheek. But okay, so moving on, we have, I've been reminded by Graham Field, we have Scott Montgomery's question was, um, he threw out this one, country that you've been to that was the biggest surprise and why? Do you want to start, Joe? Everyone, well, every time I think about this, I always think about Iran, which I don't know anyone who's travelled through Iran and hasn't said it's been one of the surprise countries that you expect the worst and you get so pleasantly surprised. It's um, it's a very special place. But another place that um, I haven't talked about before is Uruguay in South America. It is just the most beautiful country um, scenery-wise the people are fabulous. The food is great. We crossed over from Buenos Aires into Colonia and thought we'd stay just a couple of days and then go back to Buenos Aires and ride off out of um, Argentina. Instead, we rode right through um, Uruguay. We spent days on the beach and we went to small towns where they claimed the tango was born and uh, it was just absolutely glorious tiny country roads and the traffic was good and the roads were good quality and the weather was brilliant so uruguay for me brian do you have a different one yeah no what she of said of course he does <laughs> 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 now look iran is a great surprise and no one she was right everyone that's been there just loves the place it's the people and you just wonder what the hell's going to happen uh, recently um, with what's going on over there. But you just hope that it doesn't change and uh, or the people don't change anyway. And Uruguay's a pretty special place because the Portuguese uh, had it for a while, then the Spanish had it for a while. And when you ride down the streets in Colonia, the cobblestones tell the story because the Portuguese used to um, channel the water to the middle of the road. So the road slopes into the middle. And when the Spanish had it there, all their drains go on the outside, so the road's curved. So the cobblestones are curved. So when you're riding along, the cobblestones push your bike either towards the middle of the road or they push your bike to the edge of the road, so you know who built the road. But a great little spot. I I, I would go with Sherl on Uruguay. And the other place I really liked was particularly south of Chile, um, through that that beautiful uh, area down towards Patagonia and the... the, the, um, the, um, all the old wildlife and the, the forested areas through there. So that, they're my choices. Sam? Um, do you know, I had a real problem with this because I went into many countries that absolutely surprised me. And uh, what Brian and Shirley have been saying about Iran, um, absolutely right. Um, I really, really wanted that country to be special and I really, really wanted the newscasters to be wrong about it. Um, and I'll never forget, it, it, it was the year that I went there that um, Americans were allowed back in as tourists for the first time, you know, years after the, the problems with the embassy. 
And of course, I was walking around asking um, all of the Iranians, so what's it feel like having um, American tourists back in the country? And without fail, and I'm asking a wide strata of people, every single one said, no, we're really looking forward to them being um, able to come here and they'll see that we're, you know, we're just like them. Um, but the one that always made me laugh was um, when a few of the guys said, ah, uh, oh, yeah, but send us an American politician that will probably shoot them. Um, but uh, they, they could have been said about Maggie Thatcher at the time because, um, yeah, she was uh, pretty unpopular um, in Iran because of her um, policies. But um, I think Colombia was a country that surprised me um, significantly, um, in part because there were so many scare stories about um, this country. Um, and there was, there was so much danger happening with um, drug barons and um, bandits and anti-government and all of this sort of stuff. But when we went in there, um, the countryside, uh, the welcome of the people, the sheer diversity of the riding possibilities, wow, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and, yeah, fantastic. But I think the country that surprised me the most was the United States. And this... Um, is all about the danger of preconceived ideas. Um, I rolled into the United States not expecting that I was going to enjoy it. I thought it was going to be too expensive to travel in on a budget. I thought it was going to be brash. I thought it was going to be ignorant. I thought it was going to be too easy. Um, and within the first couple of weeks, I was just blown away by all of the possibilities and the huge hospitality here. Um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And it's one of the reasons that I keep coming back. Um, there is so much to explore here, and I had no idea of how much there was. Yeah, fantastic. Graham? Yes, glad you asked it, Jim. Um, I think, uh, well, anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time knows that research is not my strongest point. So generally, every country I go to is a bit of a surprise. And, but specifically... Iraq was a surprise for the generosity and Kazakhstan for the hospitality, Mongolia for the complete and utter wilderness and lack of, of, of change that has ever happened in the country. So, and, and Georgia for the diversity in such a small country. So they all surprised me to a degree, but I suppose um, the answer has to be Bulgaria. Because if it wasn't such a wonderful surprise, I wouldn't have moved here. So I think Bulgaria's got to be the one which was the biggest surprise for me. Why? What, what was great about it? It has everything I yearn for. It's got a climate with proper seasons. It's got beautiful, empty roads. It's sparsely populated. It's got stunning mountains. It's got coast. It makes anywhere accessible. I can get on my bike after this recording and by lunchtime I can be in Istanbul and Asia. I can go down to Greece. I can go be in the Carpathian Mountains in Romania by the end of the day. It's, I can be back in the UK after a two-day bike trip. It's got everything is accessible. It's very inexpensive. You can live here on an author's income. And it just ticks all my boxes. Uh, and it's... I think perhaps people think sort of Eastern Europe still perhaps sort of a little bit sort of communist style and it's definitely around all over the place. Yet anybody who's under the age of mm, 35, 40 really has no memory of that and are very different. I mean, now the summer's come, you should 
see the women they're stunning they're not all dressed in their sort of scarves these babushkas with with their hunched backs and black pleated skirts which you do still see in all the villages but it's so it's got this east west um diversity and still the the modern and the traditional and you still see horse and carts go down the street almost daily yet you see audis and bmws too so it's it, it just ticks all my boxes it's a stunning country and you got a moto camp just down the road. Yeah, that's just down the road as well. Yeah. And a hot tub in the garden. Yeah. yeah. I, I really are. We're going away for a long weekend next weekend. And a girlfriend said in the hot tub this morning, she said, why are we going on holidays? <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it won't be too bad when we come. Graham, Graham, is it okay to go with pics now? Or are we ready for that? Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, yeah, carry on, Jim. Take the lead. I'm sure you're more than capable. Yes, it's my turn, Jim. Oh, yeah, no, don't forget about Grant, though, Jim. What is going on? Oh, yeah. I think, Jim, you are having a problem today. I think we're going to have to give you a menu. This this might be the end of me. Why don't we re-record it in another four weeks? We'll get it right eventually. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Grant, country. Favorite country. Well, country and surprise... I would almost go for one per continent, at least three continents in particular. In Well, actually, I'm going to have a problem with that, too. Africa, when we went to Libya, we were absolutely blown away by Libya. We were there in 1997, and, of course, as everybody knows, at that time, Libya was terrible, dark place, and you go there, you're going to die, and they're all terrorists and all the rest of it. And it was like Iran we hear today. It was wonderful. The people were super friendly. We, we, they couldn't do enough for us. Uh, I remember filling up for gas and the guy said, oh, no, no, no charge. No, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Welcome to our country. And we got this all the time. We were walking down a street just in the middle of nowhere, particularly in, in the edge of town. And a car drove by. People looked. And they went around and around the roundabout as we were walking by the roundabout and kept waving and welcome to our country. Enjoy Libya. Where are you from? They couldn't be more friendly. It was amazing. So Libya was definitely a big surprise. What you hear about on the news and what is the reality on the ground in the country is often a very, very different thing. So that was a big surprise for us. Um, Another one was South Africa. We've all heard bad things about South Africa and problems in apartheid and all the rest of it. But today you go there and it's an amazing country. The scenery is fantastic. The riding is spectacular. We've been there three years in a row now going to our travelers meeting in South Africa, which is coming up November to 8 to 11, really, really soon now. Um, get yourself ready to go there. That's a fantastic event. And we go for a ride for a week after each of these events there. And the riding everywhere is amazing. I'm just absolutely stunned, blown away by the variety of scenery, what you can see, the quality of the roads. There's no traffic. It's fantastic. It's an amazing place to go for a ride. If you're thinking about getting your feet wet on some other little bit more exotic country than what you're used to, South Africa is a great choice. So that's one of my favorite countries to go to. Uh, And another one um, was Colombia. I was there in 98 when, as Sam will recall, it was a very dangerous time to be there. The word was be on the road, be off the road by four o'clock in the afternoon or you were likely to get kidnapped and all that kind of stuff. And again, the people were spectacularly friendly. The roads were beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful country. 
Um, we're actually, it's on our very, very short list of countries we want to move to sometime this coming winter. So, <clears throat> sorry. That's uh, probably my other big one. And Latin America generally, when we came from Canada in 87, knowing absolutely nothing, no, uh, there was barely any information at all. All we knew was, yeah, there's countries down there, and that was about all we knew about them. We were blown away by, again, how friendly the people were. The less they had, the more they seemed to want to do for you and the more they wanted to give you. Uh, it, it's always about the people and how amazing people are everywhere. I think that's probably the number one surprise, I guess I should say, I can say, in all of our travels everywhere, was as a general rule, people are far friendlier and far more helpful and welcoming than we ever would have imagined possible. It's uh, these horror stories you hear about travel and how you leave the country and you're going to die and stuff. It's just so much complete rubbish people are amazing so we love to visit just about anywhere haven't been to a country yet that we hated or even didn't like they've all been good well said grant thank you graham yeah did you hear how grant did that little segue so he took his his country recommendation and he threw in november 8th to 11th Horizons Unlimited meet in South Africa. Do you notice how he did it? And he he didn't even didn't break rhythm. He just went right through one to the other. To the I mean, oh, it was just part was of the rule. Really, that was so subtle. I didn't even notice it. That's so should I do that when I do my audio books and tell everybody about you? my audio book and buy my audio book? What well, I should do it more subtly, like Grant does. Exactly. Oh, again. Yeah. So like okay. when we're talking about oh. this, and I was, and as a matter of fact, you just mentioned audio book. It just reminded me of a post I saw that you put up there. You've got a lot of reviews on your audio books. Uh, well, yeah, people, I, I always ask people to leave reviews, uh, <laughs> preferably good ones. But as I, as I said at the beginning of this program, I think it's before we were on air, I was listening to a completely different uh, podcast, totally unrelated to anything we do. But the lady who was hosting the podcast had, had written some books and she was saying, you know, I've had think, uh, letters from readers and, and please review it on Amazon. And she was far more eloquent than I ever do, saying how important it is because don't keep it a secret and let people know what you think. And it also puts it up in the high, in the Amazon ratings. And that goes for anything, not just books, but whatever it is, whether you bought CCTV or, or whatever it is set up or whatever it is, if you just bother to review it, you don't have to be a long, eloquent review. But if you just, in a few words, uh, rate it, and, and with a few stars, whether it's one or five or whatever, it just gives the rest of us this uh, a bit of knowledge about the product because going back to CCTV when I wanted to buy one I wasn't about to reread all the reviews and read all the research because there's so many things out there and I just went for the one with the most and uh, positive Amazon reviews and I'm really happy with the setup I've got so so same thing say Auntie Ethel wants to buy a book for her nephew who gets in, who's into motorbikes she's not going to reread all the reviews of Sam's books and Shirley's books and my book. She just wants to look at one that's got a lot of stars and know she's bought a good one. So reviews are really important for people who don't want to do research. Um, how did I get onto this? That was great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm impressed. That was fantastic. You learned fast. Well, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely five impressed stars, as well. Five stars, five stars, Graham. You, you, you've got to have my job, um, publicity manager's job, without doubt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, speaking of reviews, you can also review Adventure Rider Radio and Adventure Rider Radio Rock. As soon as you're saying that, it works so well. It got me thinking, hey, we should mention that as well. You should go to uh, iTunes or wherever it is and, and give us a review. If you like us, hate us, whatever you think, um, you know, we'd, we'd love to have it up there. Of course, we really only want it if you like us, I guess, really. And, and Graham, I understand you were paying $5 for five-star reviews. Are you still doing that? I'm afraid the, the fund is now finished, but I might oh. do a crowdfunding review fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to do it. I like that. So um, dare I say, I've got, I've got to check my notes here. I think we're moving on to, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I think we're moving on to picks. Are we moving on to picks? We haven't done yes. picks for months. We did plugs. <laughs> Holy hell. You, you're just out to crush me today, aren't you? You've given me so much ammunition, I Jim. I just, I quit. Forget it. <laughs> That's my headphones slamming down on the table. That's it. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. You're going to take your ball and go home. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. You can almost hear you stamping your motorcycle boots. <laughs> oh, you so, won't be getting many donations this month, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our world, doing it for free. I just heard you say a minute ago, you said living on a, on an author's wage or income or something like that. I thought, oh, so he does pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wish. Not, not the desired effect, Graham. Damn it. Yeah, you can't turn the hot tub up to 39 degrees anymore. I need to sell another box set. <laughs> <laughs> on to plugs um i believe we're going to start with graham graham what do you have for plugs <laughs> okay it's not so much a plug well maybe it's a plug um i might almost definitely be going to america this autumn and i might almost definitely be going to the hub event at yosemite on the 21st the 24th of september I'll know for sure in a couple of weeks, but it's looking like I'm going to be coming out there, which is quite exciting because I haven't been out in America now for three and a half years. So I will be going initially to Denver uh, in sort of mid-September and then heading out to California and going back to Colorado. So my plug is if anybody between Colorado and California happens to know of a bike club or a bike shop that might want to host me doing a presentation, I would love to come and do that. So that's my plug. If you know of anybody or any shops or clubs, um, I would love to come and talk to you and tell you all about um, stuff. And this is sounding really good. I should rehearse this better. I will come and do one of my wonderful, encouraging, enthusiastic, informative and humorous presentations for you and your shop and your club so if you do let us know and uh, i'd love to try and schedule that in that's my plug very oh, fantastic cool. that's trip. brilliant news yeah excellent the us that's nice when was the last time you were in the us three and a half years ago um yeah. i mean i've spent a lot of my life there but uh yeah since i've lived in bulgaria i haven't been over so uh yeah it's my daughter's 16th birthday so i'm going over for that almost definitely and then i'm uh, going to do a little bit of riding too Excellent. We'll welcome you with a big fanfare. <laughs> and you've got a bike in the U.S. as well, don't you? Yeah, I've got a KLR 650, a 2008, I think it is, or nine, uh, which has been sitting in a goat shed for a long time. Well, I, I mean, I got back from Central America on it, put it in the goat shed, and there it sat. I know I need chain and sprockets and tires, but I'm sure it'll start right up. It'll be fine. 
No, the goats would have eaten most of it by now. Oh, there are no goats in it, actually. That's yeah, the reason why I'm allowed to put my bike in there. We established that, I think, a couple of episodes ago. There are no goats in the goat shed. It's no, basically no a shed. a lot of mice, though. I have uh, used there to have a be, When he gets here, there'll be one silly goat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what do you have for a plug? Well done, Brian. <laughs> well, um, normally I'm plugging my books and audio books and presentations and things like that. But I've over the last few weeks, I've, I've kept on coming across um, things that have been making me think very hard about one of the finest aspects of motorcycling. And that is the big heart that most motorcyclists seem to have. I keep coming across people who are doing something um, as motorcyclists to help other people. And it might be um, they're raising money for people who have got cancer or um, to, to take children out for rides on motorcycles because that's been their dream or um, raising money to help veterans in the USA and the UK. And um, today um, I was in frontline Eurosport um, in Virginia and I got talking to the boss, Chip, and he was telling me that they have linked up with... Um, Asheville Eurosport and Will from Willville, which is one of these, um, just it's a, a motorcycle camping site on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Now, the Blue Ridge Parkway is always short of funds. Um, and these guys have decided that as motorcyclists, because we all love riding the Blue Ridge Parkway, they're going to do something to try and raise money. And it just keep, keeps on bringing it home to me. And I thought it would be a really nice idea. And thanks for giving the thumbs up on this, Jim. If you know, if you listening are doing something um, as motorcyclists and part of a group of motorcyclists, to do, you're doing something to help other people. Go to the Adventure Rider Radio Raw page and post just a paragraph and a link to what you're doing. Um, you know, Adventure Rider Radio Raw is really happy to help spread um, the word about what you're doing. And yeah, motorcyclists are brilliant, and this is just one of the finest sites. So, yeah, thumbs up, everybody. Yeah, that's a great idea. There are there's so many uh, motorcyclists out there doing great things. I mean, from everything from the you know the, the helping vets with uh, PTSD and just so much of it that you see around. So that'd be great. Yeah, drop by the the raw page, post it on there, and and we'll even try and uh, promote it as well. So just post it on there, and, and we'll try and forward it on so that more people see it and hear about it. Nice one. Grant, what do you have for plugs? Well, as usual, we have all kinds of events. I think we're over 25 events this year. and There are so many going on, it's, it's a little bit scary, actually. We're in discussion with somebody, and we're actually going to say, no, sorry, we just can't do it. We've got so many going on that it's just now we're at our limit. You've reached the uh, maximum. But, uh, so so 25 oh, is your max. We're past the maximum. Oh, yeah. we're, we're yeah, past I know the you maximum. were saying that before, really? but you, you, you have been saying, you know, yeah, just let yeah. us know. And I was wondering if what it would take, uh, <sighs> what it would take to sort of yep. fill the box. 25. That was it. Um, I can make an announcement. We do have Mongolia happening this summer. That is the last event that we are going to have happen this summer, or that we're adding for 2018. Anything else is going to be 2019, maybe, we'll discuss. Uh, but coming up is 
Western Australia on May 17 to 20. If you're out there, we're having a adventure weekend with a mini hum and rider training and ride outs and all kinds of good stuff going on. Only a couple of talks and several technical sessions, but it's primarily get out and ride. So that's going to be a fun event. Xander and Tam are running that for us. And we'll be in Ontario at a brand new location, um, Golden Beach Resort on Rice Lake. That's May 24 to 27, so we hope to see you there. It's looking really cool. Germany summer event is coming up, May 31st to June 3rd, and we won't unfortunately be able to get to that one, although I keep hearing from the German um, attendees there that they think Grant and Susan are a myth because they haven't (laughs) seen us in a long, long time. So I think that we've got a hint that we've got to get there sometime soon, so we will certainly be trying to get there as soon as we can. Uh, we will be at the Hub UK event, of course, in Baskerville Hall. It's a fantastic venue. We just absolutely love it there. We take over the whole place in this this classy old place, and you know, one of those um, entryway up and up the grand staircase that you can envision the, the Duke and coming down the stairs. You know, it's just a spectacular place and huge camping grounds. Lots going on. Got all kinds of events. There's riding events, trail riding, uh, skills course, uh, bike challenge events. And more talks than I can count. I think last year I had it up to like something like 70 talks were happening over the weekend. Wow. So it's absolutely chock full What's the date? of things to do. That one is June 14 to 17. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a really amazing event. It's our flagship event. It's the biggest one we do. It's the biggest motorcycle adventure travel event in the world that we know of. Anybody else out there knows anything bigger, let me know. But uh, there's just lots going on. And, of course, there's Russia, June 21 to 24, Sweden, a brand-new event. I think that one's actually full now. They're locked up. And Ecuador, for those of you in South America, get yourself to Ecuador, July 20 to 22, Sierra Aliso's Hotel near Quito, just out in the countryside. It's a beautiful location. Uh, of course, we've got the Ham Manishis. That's always going to be a fun event. We've over-doubled the riding area for the Ham Manishis. So that's going to be a spectacular ride. One of the views from one of the viewpoints, unbelievable. You're at the top, highest spot in the entire area. The view's incredible. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, Switzerland in August, Can West in August as well. And on it goes. We'll tell you about those later when we get a little bit closer. But have a look at horizonsunlimited.com slash events and check out what's going on. There's probably something going on somewhere near wherever you are. And while you're at it, check out vimeo.com slash horizonsunlimited. The Achievable Dream video series is available for download or streaming, whatever you like. Prices are really good. And that's going really well. A lot of people are enjoying that. We're getting some really good comments. Uh, and I wanted to throw in one other little comment. I was just coming back from Hum, Arizona, and I was making a real quick trip through, I think it was San Francisco Airport. I can't even remember for sure. I think it was San Francisco. And I was hot-footing it from my gate to the next gate that I had to get to to make the switch because we'd been delayed coming out of Arizona. And I'm walking along just hot-footing it, and Grant, somebody said behind me, what? Who? Where? <laughs> I don't know anybody here. And the guy came running up and he says, I thought I recognized you. Yeah, yeah. And we, he walked with me to the gate. He says, I hear you on Adventure Rider Radio. I love it. It's a great show. I'm an absolute fan. He really enjoys what we talk about. And he says he, he really feels like he's sitting around the campfire with us. So shout out to there. Um, yeah, that's all nice. I got. Yeah, wow. that was good. 
That's really good. That's that's pretty interesting, running through an airport. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what do you have for a plug? Oh, just one little plug. Um, I've been asked to go and test ride the, the Triumphs, as I said before. So uh, they're flying me up to northern New South Wales to um, test ride the new 800 um, XR and um, XC bikes. And uh, then it's uh, the 1200s as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I only have one slight problem. Um, I've only got a BMW jacket, so I don't know how that's going to go down well at a Triumph meeting with all the big wigs there. But anyway, we'll get over that. There's um, a simple solution, Brian. Tell them you're going to have, they're going to have to supply you with a jacket. Yeah, I'm about to pet an email. <laughs> 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 and, uh, of course, Sean and I will be over in Europe. Uh, we'll, we'll be leaving in July and be over there until September. So you never know. We might catch up with some um, raw listeners, listeners over there in Europe. We hope to get across to um, Menon Gate and the, the new John, John, John Monash Centre which um, has been built um, in relation to the World War One battlefields over there in France and Belgium. And then we hope to get up to the Bruno MotoGP, if we can, and uh, go and um, take that in and tour through Estonia and Latvia and maybe get down to Bulgaria. And um, if... Um, Graham's not there. We'll turn the sun up. He's hot top up to the 39. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see how we go. But um, the main purpose is to get over there and just tour around. So not sure if we can do uh, Swiss um, hum, but we'll have a think about that. It's August 16 to 19, I think, isn't it, Grant? Yep, so, that's right. Um, that's a good we'll event. It's in a beautiful location. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, that's it for me. Sure. No, I'm just with him. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping him on the straight and narrow, though, right, Cheryl? Yeah, yeah but I'm not going um, test riding motorbikes. But note to self, take out travel insurance before he goes test riding motor- no, motorbikes just in case for our trip. Make sure it's all covered. <laughs> right. <laughs> Read the fine print make sure it actually covers it. Before we well, wrap, I did want to mention one thing. Go ahead. Just put out a little warning for people. An incident has come to light recently, and I don't want to go into details because it's not really relevant. Um, but about travel insurance, there are issues with some policies where you think you are covered for travel medical, except uh, if you are riding a motorbike as the main mode of transport, you are not covered. There are policies out there that say that, and particularly for Brits. Yeah. Okay, so okay. keep that in mind. Exactly the company that you mean, and it's, yeah, it, the situation's becoming incredibly difficult, isn't it? More and it more is. difficult to get hold of. Yes, it's uh, it's a problem that we are researching as best we can, and if anybody out there hears of any insurance company that has travel medical for many countries, preferably not just their own, because that's no good to anybody in the other 192 countries in the world. Um, Let us know if anybody out there is covering multiple companies. Um, We are working closely with Ripcord Evacuation Insurance and Global Rescue Evacuation Insurance, who both have medical, travel medical insurance. Um, They will cover all countries on motorcycles, but only up to 90 days. So if you're on a year-long trip, Nope, only 90 days. That's it. 90 days in a any one year. Oh, you can't renew. So you can't renew oh, until wow. next year. 
this is a constant, constant problem that we have to deal with. So the, the, what I really want to enhance here and make sure everybody really thinks about is when you get your policy, you are on a motorcycle, a large over 125cc motorcycle. You are using that as your main mode of transport. Are you covered? Read the fine print. Ask questions. Check. Don't just assume that you're covered and don't go with the attitude that, oh, well, if I don't ask and don't tell them, then they won't know. If you have an accident on your bike, you're not covered and they won't cover you, period. So read the fine print. That's all I want to say on that. Okay. Well, it's good to hear that uh, tip anyway for people who are out there looking to plan a trip. Before we wrap things up, I wondered if we should say anything about last month's um, absence. Yeah, it was all Jim's fault, wasn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, Thanks yeah, a lot. It, it just throw me <laughs> under the bus. Thanks. I, I was leaving it open there thinking, you know, somebody's going to come to my aid here and help it. But no, tonight is just slam Jim down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. It was. <laughs> well, I think you explained it all on Facebook, didn't you, Jim? I mean, we tried a different system, which had the potential to be awesome, and it failed miserably. My internet went down because the electricity people sent out some uh, some of their uh, woodcutters to cut down all the cables, which were in the, uh, cut down all the trees, which were growing up in the spring next to the electricity lines. And in doing so, they managed to take out the internet cables. Um, who else? Someone else had some problems. Well, Sam, Sam was cutting out. But also, we couldn't um, reschedule because Sam was too tight with his schedule. Yeah, so it was just complete disaster. And so we had this huge dilemma on do we put out something substandard, I mean, more substandard than usual, or do we actually pull the plug and re-record it all today? And we opted for the latter. Which worked out much better. I think better. it's a good decision. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for being up with this, mate. You've, you've done a great job, seriously. Thanks, mate. Yeah, Good but night. tonight was my worst night yeah, ever. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> and Graham, don't you let he, that Graham? Don't you let that Graham feel? Oh get no, you Graham in. is just having a great time because he goes on being miserable about how I read the intro without screwing it up, and I've done nothing but screw up tonight. And he's even. <laughs> yeah, and you even screwed up the intro a little bit as well. I was going to say something. I thought. I no. did. You picked that up too, didn't you? Yeah, I thought I'll let it go, but you know, and then it got so bad. I thought I can't let it go anymore. I'm not putting it like that. I'm fixing it, so I don't care what you tell people. You're gonna look like you're a liar, and I'll say you are. I'll say no, it's not true. <laughs> and I'll say you protest too much. Unscripted <laughs> and raw. Well, that's it. It's finally done. The May 2018 Adventure Rider Radio Raw. That was a fun one, and I hope that uh, extra long one, the two-part made up for our missing last month. We apologize, honestly, from all of us. We're sorry that it happened, and uh, we'll do our best to not repeat that. Anyway, drop by the website, www.adventureriderradio.com. You can see Raw on there and our regular show, Adventure Rider Radio, which comes out every week. And uh, also, we have another podcast. If you haven't heard about it already, it's called Beyond a Shadow. It has nothing to do with motorcycling or traveling. It's got to do with uh, murders and mysteries and things like that. If you want to check that out, again, at our website, um, on the right-hand side, you'll see in the column, there's a link there to um, another podcast that we do, which is called Beyond a Shadow. Anyway, my name's Jim Martin. I want to thank you very much for being part of what we're doing here and uh, listening to Raw. And also... Um, I want to thank our co-hosts and our, and our producer, Elizabeth Martin, as well, who works tirelessly 
listening in the background for all this sort of thing, but our, our co-hosts in particular, they've all got websites. Um, we have links to their websites in the show notes for this episode. Drop by, check it out, and see what they do. They've got great books and articles and things like that. Very interesting people, as I think you already know that. Anyway, I guess uh, see you next month. Thanks very much.